Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This is the 919 Beer Podcast on 99.9 The Fan. Now here are your hosts for the 919 Beer Podcast, Joe Ovius, Adam Eshbaugh, and Wayne Holt. Welcome into the 919 Beer Podcast. My name is Alec Campbell. In for Joe Ovius, who is in San Antonio at the Final Four. And as always, joined by Adam Eshbaugh. We're also missing Wayne Holt today. So it'll be myself and Adam Eshbaugh and... We will be joined by Stephanie Ruggiero. Is that how you say your, your that name? That is correct, From yes. the stuffed food truck. And also Chris Allen from New Belgium. So this is your team for this week on the Go 919 team. Beer Podcast. I'm pretty stuffed from all the potatoes we just <laughs> Dude, <laughs> I'm stuffed AF. <laughs> <laughs> Those things were filling, but they were delicious. They were incredible. So you brought, like, what, five or six different ones for us? Yes, six? I brought um, five different, all of our meat potatoes, and then I did... Two of our sides that we offer, which are both fried mashed potatoes. Um, one has bacon, maple syrup, and cheddar cheese, and the other is a little bit spicier. It has jalapenos, um, cream cheese, and cheddar cheese in them. Yeah, they were all very good. Uh, before we get into the food, though, let's talk concept. Sure. So you have a pretty unique truck. Yeah, okay? I like to um, think so. You're doing all baked potato at least everything centers around baked potatoes, yeah, correct? Yeah, everything we serve comes in a um, baked potato between like 12, 16 ounces. It just kind of depends on what the farmer's market gives me that week. I picked some of those up. I think they were heavier than a pound. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the one that's in my stomach right now feels like it's, <laughs> it's much heavier than a pound. Yeah, the, the, the baked brick in my stomach. <laughs> it's, just a, it's just a blob of potato and ground beef and cheese and... Sour cream. It's deliciousness. And it yeah. still tastes good. So, so perfect. Hit your lips. Yeah. <laughs> so, so the name stuffed, S-T-U-F-T. Yes. Um, how'd you come up with this and why? My mom actually came up with the name of it. Um, it was a lot of back and forth. I was like, I want something simple to the point. People know exactly what it is when they look at it. And me and my mom were sitting on the couch one day and she was like, stuffed. And I was like, oh my God, that's it. And she said, not the way you're supposed to spell it, just S-T-U-F-T. And- like I pictured it on the side of the truck, and I was like, "Yep, this is it. This is what we're doing." So, and it's pretty universally liked baked potatoes, right? Yeah, I mean, especially I, when they're stuffed full of stuff. Yeah, you know, in four <laughs> years, I think I've had two people tell me they didn't like potatoes. So right. I think that's a pretty good odds are pretty good in my favor. Wait, they waited in line and got to your window, and then were like, "I." don't like anything on your truck or it was just like somebody casually saying yeah i'm not really a potato fan no it's really funny i think the concept when you look at the truck you know what it is but some people think that i don't know what they think it is some people think that ask it if clearly the, says gourmet stuffed potatoes on the side of your truck yeah and you know so there's that it's it's so funny because people will order the taco and ask if it's a soft or hard shell. And I'm like, well, I guess it's soft because it's in a potato. It's a potato. You know, <laughs> you want to be nice to the people asking questions, but I'm also like, am I the jerk that doesn't understand? Maybe I didn't like p portray this enough, but I don't know. I thought I think it's simple, but you know. So why potatoes? Why potatoes? Um, my parents, when they were first married, had a potato stand similar to this in a flea market in New York. So it's that's where the money idea in the came potato from. Stand. Yep. Yeah, and you know, potato. Every usually everyone likes potatoes. Ninety-eight so. percent of people love potatoes. Right. Yeah, yeah. Good, good percentage for me. So, so do you do a sweet potato, or are they all just regular? <coughs> so potatoes? I start when we first started in 2014. Um, I was like, okay, the South people like sweet potatoes, mm. and no one was buying them. I was eating them myself. So I think now that. I feel like sweet potatoes are coming like back on the rise. So I think once you know the busier season starts, which is coming up really soon, I'm gonna put sweet potatoes back on the menu and see how they go. And if people don't eat them, I will because I love sweet potatoes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like sweet potatoes, and I think a sweet potato would be a good dessert potato, possibly on your yeah on your truck as well. Well, it's funny. My mom gave me a torch to we because we did a butter and brown sugar with marshmallows to torch the top of them. So the torch is still on the truck. I just have to. 
break it out. Mm. You bring up an interesting point. Go on. Um, I am not a fan of marshmallows. Me neither. Or my sweet potatoes. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, me neither. I Give have... me brown sugar, maybe some brown sugar butter. Yeah, that's what we that's what we're doing. Okay, um, we can hold the marshmallows. That's all I need. <laughs> See, and I can live with just butter, you know. And, and we're just yeah. butter. I like I love sweet I love sweet potatoes, but I don't like like uh when people like at Christmas or Thanksgiving when they're like, oh, I'm going to bring sweet potatoes. I'm like, well, you're just going to yeah. screw them up for me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like give give me give me the crust. So you the, just said with it with pecans. the pecans. Yeah. If I have sweet potato, if I have sweet potato and I have brown sugar, I've got to have pecans in there. See, just, I, 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 yeah, we don't have any nuts on the truck, mainly just because of allergies, but I think we can maybe make that work and bring them and see how it see, goes. See, when we started talking bomb, or the uh, sweet Especially potatoes, if you do something bombs. around Thanksgiving. See, sweet potato bomb. Yes, oh, yeah, that fried. Would be good. Yeah, talk a little bit about those, those bombs that you, that so you do. So, how it originated was, you know, when we bake the potatoes, we have leftovers sometimes. I'm like, well, don't, I don't want to throw them out. There's got to be another use for them. So, I threw them in a um, mixer and was like, all right, what Skins can I throw too? in here? Skins too, everything. And breaded them, deep fried them. I was like, oh my God, these are so good. And that's kind of how it, you know, originated. And then I thought of the spicier ones because I feel like... Um, potatoes, cream cheese, jalapenos. That's like a thing, I think. Somehow or- I'm getting hungry again and I'm absolutely <laughs> miserable. You're alone in that endeavor because I actually am stuffed right now. Like, just literally, saying, go on, I am go stuffed. On, but my mouth's like watering listening to her talk about these potatoes some more and I I would probably not not fare well if I put another bite in my mouth. Right, so Stephanie Ruggiero from the Stuffed Food Truck is with us. We're talking about all the different things she does with potatoes, and you mentioned the bombs. What else are other variations on the menu from the potato? Um, So those are the main two sides that we have. Uh, we did fries for a while, and then people started only wanting fries. I'm like, we're not a fry truck. Right. So I nixed it from you the menu. You did just regular fries, or? Um, well, so we were doing, like, fat wedges. Okay. Um, And they, they sold well, but... A little too well. Yeah, almost a little too yeah. well. I'm like, oh, should I do a fry truck instead? I have a spinoff question that's not related when you get done, though. Okay. For, for, for about French fries. Sure. There, are, you know, and there are some fry trucks. Freedom around. fries. <laughs> yes, freedom fries. And it, it's actually a question for you because you, you're the guy who would be able to answer this. The fry guy. Yeah. No, not the fry guy, but just as a restaurant, uh, a restaurant guy who sells food in a gotcha. restaurant to people. All right, continue. Yeah, go um, ahead. So, so, so you nix the fries. Yeah, nix the fries. Um, and, you know, I need to get another fryer on the truck because there's so much going on because we have a um, 16-hour braised brisket one that comes with crispy onion straws on top. Which I had. Yeah, was yeah Chris, you had that yeah. one, right? And yeah. I didn't even get a third of the way through it. That thing was beefy. <laughs> that's one of the biggest ones we have. I always say that's like a man's potato. It's mm. like so much meat. It was fries. So. <laughs> it was beautiful. I had the buffalo chicken. That is my favorite I one ate on the menu. Every damn bit of it. Yeah, I had the taco one. Awesome. I ate all of it, including yeah. the skin. Those I, are the I top didn't finish three. all the skin. I ate like half the skin, but it was absolutely delish- yeah, delicious. Yeah, I'm a. Sk- I love the skin. Me like, too. Once I it's love almost done, I pick it up and eat it like a taco. But, yeah. but I traded in the other half of the skin for an extra bomb. Okay, that's fair. There good are trade. Some, that's a good trade. There are some healthy qualities to the skins too, are there not? Yeah, that's where all the nutrients right. are, apparently. And a lot of people, like I've seen so many people just throw out the skins. I'm like, you're wasting the good part. Yeah, yeah. no, the skins are great. And Have you they, ever thought about just like doing some something with the skins like a, like in the fryer? So funny that you say that because my mom helps out a lot on the truck and her thing is to scoop out the inside of the potato and then deep fry what's left and then melt cheese and bacon on it. And- on just the skin, or you put it back in like a twice baked potato? No, type. just the skin. She okay. scoops it out. She's like, "I'm trying to to watch my weight," and I'm like, "Yeah, but you're frying uh, let me the deep skin. Fry this. Yeah, let me She's replace like, yeah, the vegetable with cheese and yeah. bacon. Well, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and vegetable oil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, so she always tells me she's, but they take a long time to fry. So I, I feel like if we did that on the menu, which I think would sell great because People they're crispy, yeah. they have cheese on them, bacon. Um, but they take a while. So potato skin nachos. Oh, that's a good idea. Just throwing keep, it out there. Keep throwing them out you there. I need it. some more ideas. Sweet for the potato, truck. dessert potato, and and potato skin nachos. Potato oh. pancakes. What are we? I have thought about that. Yeah. Latkes. Yeah. yeah. Especially around a certain season. There's so. Oh, I thought about like gnocchi, fried deep fried yeah. gnocchi. Oh. Those are made from potatoes. You know, oh. Your bullets are pretty close to that. What about yeah. pierogies. Yeah, I mean, th- if you think about it, there's so many things potatoes are made with. Yeah. That's just a matter of like, usually for lunch, we only have a two hour period. So I'm like, I can't go too crazy because the truck's only so big. But 
I don't know. I'm I'm always open for ideas. I think pierogies are wildly underappreciated. I, I just went to a cooking class and learned how to make them a couple weeks ago, and they were delicious. They are delicious. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, so let me ask this question, because you brought up fries on a truck, okay? Mm-hmm. And this is a... This is a question directed at Adam since he works in yes. the, the food and beverage industry. Yeah, loosely. I'm always <laughs> I'm always curious as to why you get charged for the side salad and not for fries. Like if I would think that it would be beneficial to charge for fries because everyone's going to buy the fries. What do you mean like an upcharge? Yes, like usually if you go out. When you're subbing something like, out. Yeah, if you yeah. sub something out, you go to a restaurant, it says like it comes with fries or chips or whatever. Or you can do the side salad for like an extra two fifty or something. Mm-hmm. And normally when I look at that, I go, forget paying two fifty for a salad. It's just lettuce and water. Like <laughs> I'm I'm just gonna eat the good stuff for free, right? Whereas I feel like restaurants would do better if they charged for the fries and gave you the salad for a side for free or the vegetable. Because everyone would probably say, I want fries anyway. Yep. And they would pay for that. And so I don't understand why it's the other way around. You know? Do you have an answer for that or no? I, I don't. Chris might. Does that make yeah, sense? so I know what you're getting at. A lot of it has to do with cost and labor. Mm-hmm. Like, you're already doing- it's definitely a, labor. You're already doing a buttload of fries. You know, when you start tossing in a bunch of side salads and whatnot, that's more labor intensive on the prep side. And I'll be honest with you, I bet a small side salad probably costs more to put on a plate than it does a handful of fries. Oh, for sure. You know, you're talking pennies for a servings of fry. A serving of fries, and then you're legitimately, you've probably got, just in cost, without labor, you've probably got close to 75 cents, which doesn't sound like a lot, mm-hmm. but when you're talking these small margins, it's a lot, you know? So that's, in my experience, that's what I would say. It's it's cost and it's labor, so. Interesting. It just all, it always bothers me because I'm like, I'm not buying the salad. I'm <laughs> not going to pay for that. People, if they want it, they'll pay for it. They'll that's pay for it. That's the beauty of it. That's yeah. where, you know- Secret guys in the restaurant game, you got to upsell to make money. Yeah. You know, I get Very you. True. I just, I guess, I always felt like the fry would be the upsell, not the, not well, the. But I guess I wasn't thinking in terms of labor and, cost. And I think you see a lot of this now. Is um, man, home run already, first pitch. <laughs> yeah, Ian Happ. Uh-huh. Ian Happ let Sorry, off this the is Cubs. This is opening district, day. Yeah. The magic of, uh, of Ian Happ let off the Cubs season first pitch of the game with a home run. They're up one nothing. But you're seeing a lot of restaurants now that do everything a la carte. You know, where you can just, you know, if you get a burger or a Salisbury steak or whatever entree you're ordering, where are you going that you're getting Salisbury Salisbury steak steak these days? Which is delicious, (laughs) though, by the way. Well, I guess Uh, if it's done well, your hungry man dinner, (laughs) KW Cafeteria, dog. If it's done well, it's delicious. (laughs) Um, I'll still go to bat for the meatloaf at Sawmill Tap Room any day. And everything they do is a la carte, which I love because sometimes if we're going in there just for an afternoon meeting, yeah. It's a pretty healthy portion side of uh, sweet potato tots, which are my favorite. Oh, another idea, sweet potato tots. Yeah. We did tots last year for, I did a tot waffle for our- <laughs> Those are so hot right now. Careful 30... with that one. So hot. <laughs> our three-year anniversary at um, Brugaloo last year, and I had just brought like a home waffle maker, and people were ordering them so quick, I was like, okay, scratch the waffle idea, you're just getting tots. That one. Yeah. <laughs> waffle iron caught on fire, yeah. guys. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So that I mean, people loved it. People love tots. There's there's a food yeah. truck called the Tot Spot yep. that just has tots, and there's like, pretty much a food truck out there for just about everything. Every niche. Yeah, I haven't. I mean, I can't think of one thing that hasn't been done, especially here in the Triangle. I mean, food trucks are everywhere. So, what's the future of your truck look like? Um, eventually a second truck. Same thing or something different. I think same thing. Okay. I know how to do it, and I think it's going well. My biggest thing is, which we were talking about earlier, I like my life how it is right now. Sure. And I'm not ready to make the commitment to do a second truck because, you know, I like to go on vacation. I don't like to miss out on things with my friends. So I'll be 30 in October, so maybe after the big 3-0, I'll decide to be a grown-up and do that. Do you just run this all by yourself? Yeah, it's just me. Um, my mom helps a lot, but um, I have two guys that work for me that have been working for me for a while. One's been working for me for like three years. Um, the first two years I had the truck, I'd never stepped foot off of it. I was like, this is my baby. Something, it's going to blow up if I'm not on the truck. Mm-hmm. Um, so it took two years for me to actually run it without me being on it. And once I let go, I was like, this is great. You know, it's. <laughs> and piggybacking on something you said, like, quality of life is important. You know, yeah. and so many people in the hospitality business, you know, mm. 
I know Adam, you know, Alec, I don't know if you ever spent any time yes, on that a side. Lo- a long time, yeah. And and you know how it is. It's a lot of six and seven day work weeks. Yeah. And if, mm-hmm. if why push something if you're happy? So, well, exactly. Power and, to you. Good you for know, you. I think there's definitely a means for a second truck. I think it would do well if I did have a second truck. But it's just a matter of, like you said, I, I like my life. Like, I, I have a lot of friends and I like to spend time with them. So mm-hmm. right now everything is working and... I'm, you know, doing my thing. Don't fix it if it ain't broken. Yeah. Exactly. You know, there's always more money to be made, but. So I thought one of the interesting questions I was asked off the air was how many potatoes can you cook at one time? Um, So we cook all of the potatoes on the truck. Um, You could fit about 90 in our convection oven, but usually for a lunch, we'll start with 20 and rotate them every 30 minutes so they're fresh. Um, potatoes get a little weird when you keep them. They go in the holding oven, but... I like a crispy skin, so as soon as they come out of the oven, they're nice and crispy and hot. So, um, but for like a Raleigh rodeo, we'll go through seventy or eighty in an hour, which is nonstop, but it's fun. It's a lot of spuds. Yeah, it is. And one other thing, because you mentioned that there is a food truck for everything mm-hmm. at this point. Um, what are the challenges that you've seen in terms of the the saturation? of food trucks now in the market? Um, I think, if anything, you have to be quicker about scheduling. Like, for 2018, I think I started scheduling in the summer of 2017. Um, and just knowing, you know, since I, uh, April will be our four-year anniversary, and I've made the, like, contacts that I think I needed to for the bigger events. And, you know, being invited back somewhere says a lot, and... I appreciate being invited back places. Um, but I mean the the newer trucks they're they're out to like hustle just like everyone else in the business and you know if if you're not hustling you're not making money because it's running your own business. Your one person is in charge of literally everything, you know. I do scheduling. I do I'm on the truck, I prep. So it's it's a lot, but no one seems to think of other trucks as competition here, which is really nice. Mm-hmm. That's cool. I, I it's think that's, a community. Yeah. yeah, it's like one big family. And, you know, we have a big group chat that all of us food trucks are in. and Which has helped me out several times at the brewery when I have a truck that can't make it out. Yeah. Like, I'll make a phone call. Usually it's to my friend Jolie at Cockadoodle <laughs> Yes, Lou, love her. And she just takes care of it a lot of times. Yeah, it's... And it's awesome. I mean, I, I actually started the chat probably two years ago, and I think now there's like 150 different food trucks in this one Whoa. specific app. So it's it's really nice to be able to communicate with people or advice or, hey, my generator broke down. Ours did on Tuesday. Where is the best place to go get it fixed? Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a really quick way of figuring stuff out as a whole. Is this place a good place to park? Yeah, exactly. Like Different contacts right. or, like you said, getting coverage if something happens to the truck. something's always happening to trucks. Yeah, right? all the time. And Turns especially out a kitchen on wheels isn't easy to maintain. <laughs> no, yeah, there's a not. lot. There's a lot going on with <laughs> one in brick and mortar is not right. easy to maintain. So. No, there's always something. Yeah, going I mean, on. kitchen well, equipment isn't meant to be driven around and bumping constantly and hitting potholes. So, you know, it's. Well, I've got a question for you that might put you on the spot. Sure. What is your favorite food truck that's not yours? Ooh, I was going to ask that. Great question. Okay, I have Thank a couple. You. Um, Thank you. Bo's Kitchen. Yes. They have Korean street food. It is delicious. You've had that at the brewery, right? Or you've had the brewery, comes to Beer Kana every year. Yeah. Yeah. And they're Bo's the and sweetest Bulgogi, couple. I've still never been to I Bulgogi, was about to say so. Bulkogi too. Um and the those both couples, they're the nicest people ever. Yeah. And I could just sit around them and hang out with them all day. Joe they're, and Bo. Yeah. Just so so nice. And they have a restaurant now in Durham, um, which is doing really well. Um Cockadoodle Moo, love their food. I mean, you can get like just good good southern deliciousness yeah i mean everything i've had from their truck has just been better than the next um let's see wandering moose yeah they're we share a kitchen with them and their food is just maddie's a good dude yeah Yeah. they have a second truck now cow and oak cow and Um, oak's ridiculous mac and cheese and grilled cheeses that that mac and cheese is out of this world yeah they're they're, and they're again they're both good guys too everyone that owns a food truck like everyone gets along really Mm, well they're buffalo bills fans so let's pump the (laughs) maddie is a buffalo bills fan yeah Yeah. i'm a giants fan so i can't really say anything you can't (laughs) set a folding table up around that guy somebody's going through it he will break it All right, so that's uh, Stephanie Ruggiero from the Stuffed Food Truck. We appreciate you coming in today. Yeah, thanks for having and me. And sharing those, those delicious potatoes giant potatoes. bullets and bombs. <laughs> and share, sharing your potatoes with us. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> they were very good.
good. All right, so now it's time to officially welcome in, you've heard his voice already, Chris Allen from New Belgium. We've said hello, but hello, Chris. What's up, guys? <laughs> Even though we've been sitting around a table for a half hour. But <laughs> That's right. It's been longer than that because we broke bread, t- broke potatoes together, we Chris. We did. Good yeah. point. Good point. So how are things? How is life? How, are, how is business? What's new? Well, I didn't have to wear a jacket today, so I'm pretty stoked on that. Uh, that's weather is good. That pollen count, though. Yeah, I was feeling it last yeah, night. I was I'm hurting right now. Night. It hasn't hit me yet. I haven't stopped coughing for two it's days. It's going to. I feel like the older I get, the harder it hits me. Yeah. My um, eyes are on fire. Ten years ago. Let's just sit around and talk about what pains us. Yeah. <laughs> I sprained my wrist picking up a cooler, so, I mean, that's just how that's old right. I'm getting. You're over 30. You I start hurting yourself in your sleep anyway. It was like so. 10 minutes ago. Yeah, that's a good point. I've yeah. slept the wrong way and not oh, yeah. for two I'm days. Done. So. I got this pain like right through my left shoulder blade right now that but won't let up. That's what we make beer it's for. It's not a heart attack. I think I just you know? slept wrong. Self-prescribed, self-medicate. It's yeah. that easy. Absolutely. Speaking of beer, you got some new stuff, and that's why you're here. Yeah. So um, we're drinking Mural right now, which is, uh, I'm a big fan of it. I know you've had it. Yep. Stephanie, I hope you enjoy it. Yeah, I don't usually like beer, and this is delicious. So. Sweet. I like how you feel about it. I like it a lot. It's uh, light and crisp. It's perfect for yeah, this is like right up your point. alley. Yeah, because I know how you like the shandies. We I talk do, about I do this. like shandies, um, but I don't like them to be over overly concentrated. And, right. and this one does not feel that way. It's not like there's this a, has a little a rose feel to it. Sure, and there's mm-hmm. a lot of people who have bought it because of that quality, and I don't disagree. I think it's a. Uh, I, I'd go more the brose, you know, because it is a Whoa. beer. Mm-hmm. So um, wear your chubbies and drink rose. your brose. Hey. Sure. Sure, there's nothing I, wrong with it. I own two pair of chubbies. I'm not afraid. I'm jealous. Well, I'm, My wife I'm won't not. Wear them. I'm not, and I'm not uh, afraid to admit that I'm not. I don't care to show off my legs unless I'm running. I mean, you're showing some off right now. I am, but that's because nice I'm sitting in the gather. On. When you sit, they gather. Yeah, these these. I, I spilled salmon. something on them. Salmon yeah, salmon. Yeah, salmon. Nice salmon color. Um, but yeah, mural. It's a collaboration that we did with uh, Primus Brewing in Mexico City. They're actually one of uh, Mexico's <clears throat> oldest craft brewers. Um, they actually started the uh, sort of I don't, not the Brewers Association, but yeah, they basically started the Mexican Craft Brewers Association. They hold a big festival really? every year, and uh, I think that's how we got tied up with them. They came to GABF, just came to our booth, and we're like, "Hey, we love you guys. We do this in Mexico City. Let's party." And here we are with this delicious agua fresca cerveza. Uh, it's brewed with agave, hibiscus, lime, and watermelon, mm. with almost all of that, you know, being used as a fermentable. So, I mean, this isn't sweet by any stretch of the imagination. No, not at all. It's got just a tiny bit of sharpness, um, a tiny bit of tartness. It's yeah. got a nice floral nose on it, which is another hot trigger word right now. But um, I love this, man. I, I could drink a whole bunch of these and not even notice. It's, it's crushable. Yeah. It's only 4.2% too. Is that so. the right word? It, I think it's what where's the tartness coming from on this, Chris? What what have you guys what is the going on with this? Because I'll tell you what it reminds me of with my eyes closed. Hit me. It reminds me it's less salty than a goza, but it reminds me a little bit of Ojervais from Sierra Nevada as far as the um almost like the melon flavor that comes right. through in it. And so and, we do, and the slight tartness. We've got watermelon, but you know, Fun fact about watermelon, it's 98% water, right? and the rest of it's sugar that all ferments out. So you get a little of the aroma. I don't get much of the watermelon flavor. Most of the flavor I get, I attribute to the agave. Yeah, and, and that's what I was wondering, because yeah. I know agave is in, I think agave is in Otraves. Ah, They just changed the recipe. Oh, right? did they? Yeah, well, I haven't had it in a couple of years, but this this is, it's it's just, it's got some similar, similarities. Right. I'm not saying it's the same beer by any sure. means. But it's got some similar uh, flavors. I was just wondering what that was. So maybe it is the, ga- the agave. Clean, refreshing. The last beer, beer uh, I really remember, and we've talked about this before, um, making a poor decision with that had agave was Tequiza. Mm. Oh, yeah. Uh, circa 2000. Yes. 99, 2000. Ooh, what about Oculto? Remember that one? That was like two years ago. No. Tequiza was like the, the direct competitor to Corona. Oh, Corona okay. that already had the lime in it. It was brewed with lime and ah. agave. Ooh, I, was was, thinking, I was thinking it was Zima, awful. But. What about Miller Chill? Didn't that have well, Miller that had Chill lime and, and salt? Bud, Miller Chill like the and Bud Light Lime. I don't think it had salt in it. <laughs> yeah, it did. It was it did? yeah, it was salt. It salt Miller and lime. Chill and then Bud Light Lime came out, and Bud Light Lime's still around, I believe. And yeah. oh yeah, Bud Light, yeah. uh, Bud Light, Bud Light Orange just came out in the last two oh. weeks. It looks like what a time to it's be alive. Orange soda Bud Light. Oh, so that doesn't sound great. Diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> Bud Light Lime kills. 
though, doesn't They're it? They're sweet, too. At, like, yeah. Kenny Chesney concerts. Yeah. Stuff, but, like, <laughs> I used to drink them, not going to lie. At Kenny Chesney concerts? I've or? never once no. been to a Kenny Chesney Good concert. You, Nothing. I've been, I've been to four. <laughs> really? Yeah, I have no problem with anyone joining those. Back into my early mm-hmm. 20s. Yeah, anyway, I, I uh, back to back to Tequiza. No, just kidding. Uh, back to the beer. What what's going on with this? Is this a spring summer release? What, no. What's the story with it? So, it's a test beer. Essentially, we're only okay. doing this in five states: uh, Colorado, obviously our home base; Arizona, New Mexico, Texas, and North Carolina. So okay. nobody, they all make sense. Yeah, nobody around us has it. Um, we know that I've I've had some people who actually recognize the Primus logo going into certain accounts. That they're oh, like, really? Yeah, like man, I I've drank that stuff before, and so we're you know we're targeting at certain places, uh, but you know obviously whoever wants it, we'll we'll give it to them. But um, you know, there's a lot of fine establishments that already have it on tap, and beyond the just the easy comparison of how good this would be with spicy food patio weather dog yeah like, oh, no doubt once this once it you know gets well that's what i was gonna warmer, ask i mean yeah. it's in glass it's in glass bottles right yeah now. glass and draft well i mean speaking of kenny chesney concerts but just concerts in general when I the can, sun goes I can, down yeah, no or well the sun's out i could sure i can see myself drinking this outdoors anywhere at any event I'm with right. you, man. We poured it at a couple trade shows on the eastern part of the state last well, week before last, and it killed it out there. Everybody loved it, Wilmington and the Outer Banks, mm-hmm. and I think it's going to do really well out there this summer. So, back to bottles and not cans. Yeah. Uh, well, a part of that is the fact that it is just a test beer. Uh-huh. So, ordering that many custom cans just financially doesn't make a ton of sense. Mm-hmm. I get it. Especially, we don't always have the guaranteed placements for items like this. That it just doesn't make sense to produce that much and then not have a guaranteed home for it out the gate. So I think uh, as you well could have as done aluminum bottles. Well, we haven't done that yet, so I'm not sure we do it. Uh, shoot that first one on this, but um, I think next 16 summer, 16 ounce aluminum bottles. By placement, what explain that to the listeners? So, what do you mean by that? You know, uh, obviously, I, I, I love hanging out at bars and drinking bar, drinking in bars and drinking beers just about everywhere, parking lots. Uh, front seat of my car, yep. parked in a driveway, listening to a basketball game, so I don't have to go <laughs> inside. Um, but uh, old school, basically grocery stores. Grocery stores, right. Sort of run the world, and if you don't have the the placements with those grocery stores, and a lot of chains, one person's making a decision for every Harris Teeter in the country, right? You know, and if that guy doesn't like it, you know. That's tough because that's Harris Teeter, that's Kroger, what is it, Ralph's? Well, mm-hmm. I guess we didn't have to worry about Ralph's. So Ralph's around here? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I guess, and that's his only form of ID, too. Yeah. yeah tell, I'll get you a tow by 3 o'clock today. This yeah. is the most modestly priced receptacle. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so that, that's what it really boils down to, just knowing that we're going to have homes for it in advance. So, But what's the, what's the difference? Uh, like, how much are you making or losing <clears throat> Based on where it is, like, is it premium in the middle of the? You know, if you're in the grocery store, the store. Honestly, as long as it's in the cooler, that's what makes the difference. Mm -hmm. And some stores are, you know, they're like, "Hey, we really like this, but our set's already drawn." And on a store level, there's very, very little wiggle room that store managers have. Most of it's set from corporate, from somebody that they'll never ever meet. Right. But they're graded on when somebody comes in to walk the store. Does it match? planogram does it match the set and if things are out of order can affect their bonuses Mm. so they don't like to mess with their own money you know um but yeah at the end of the day this this was this got a lot of play in north carolina so we'll see it and aside from all the great local bottle shops that already have it uh it'll be going into uh teeter and lowe's food and possibly and not to belabor this too long but what is the what's the drop off like how big of a difference does it make like in terms of the the amount of money you can make i mean is it just yeah i mean it's massive i mean i think in our footprint that amount of stores. Yeah, just yeah. just talking our footprint here with uh, our distributor in the Triangle Long Beverage. Um, I think we have 37 teeters. So that's wow. just one part of the state, and we've got one, two, three. I don't know, like eight distributors statewide. So you know, stretch that out. And Charlotte's got a hundred times more teeters than we do. Mm-hmm. So that many placements that makes a big difference even if you're only getting four or five cases in there, it just adds up. So 3,700 Harris teeters in the Charlotte area. Today, tomorrow will be 100 at least times. 100 more. So. I mean, I, I just find that interesting because as a consumer, when you're walking into the grocery store and you're looking at the beer aisle, 
you're not thinking about any of that stuff no. uh, from from your perspective, right? Right. And that makes such an insane difference. It 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 really does, and I'm sure you know, Adam, you're trying to get your your cans in now. Yeah. You know, casually trying. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but <laughs> not not working like around the clock or anything crazy like that. <laughs> We're drinking beer right now, right? Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, come on. But, I mean, I'm sure you run into that a lot. It's like, well, yeah, this, is, this is the one space that I have where I'm allowed to do what I want. Right. You know? Yeah, and, and it's, it, like like you say, like, I work more closely with Lowe's Foods because they have beer dens. Yep. Right? And, and they have more They're locally controlled yep. as far as the beer dens are, are concerned as far as getting draft in. And those guys that we've gotten draft into, and it's done well, they've said, hey, they've already told me, whenever you're, you've got cans, I've got some space for you. Right. And we can go store level. But to get in the actual permanent sets, like, like you were saying, it's a different story. Like, yeah. you have to go through the corporate, the corporate chain yeah, to you're get going, it done. You know, for like Lowe's, you want to get something in that set, you're going to Winston a lot like you you go there and you might not have an appointment you just might wait wait outside and hope that you run into somebody that can help you you know get your foot mm-hmm. in the door i mean it's that cutthroat but you know to to adam's point like with those with those low suits specifically they're really easy to work with mm-hmm. they really appreciate local products and i think they do a great job of uh, manicuring their selection if you will of having a lot of great local items that a lot of other stores don't yeah i think when they did their whole makeover it's got to be close to four or five years ago now yeah uh, they started doing their whole local makeover, and they and they mean it, and they they do, it. and it's been great for them. Yeah, um, it is. It's I I mean, as far as my perspective and some other folks I talk to, the beer den has been super helpful, but the entire Lowe's system, the from from the outside looking in, because they they went in and and redid the. The, fr- the fronts of the yeah, stores, Yeah, they hired too. somebody from Disney. They had an Imagineer from Disney redesign their stores, from what I was told, at least. But All right, so Chris Allen from New Belgium is joining us here on the 919 Beer Podcast. My name is Alec Campbell. Adam Eshbaugh is here as well. Stephanie Ruggiero from the Stuffed Food Truck. All right, so we have Mural here. What else do we so have? I've, I've got him scrambling in his cooler okay. right now because... There is a new beer. Uh, Chris, you, before you open this, do you want to talk about it for a second? Yeah. Um, I was going to come over because I want to pop it in your face. Oh. <laughs> wow. Oh, that was aggressive. Oh. My bad. Really that strong. was over the line. <laughs> but you know what I meant. I want you to get the aroma on this guy. Uh, so, yeah, this is something we're super excited about. Um, it's something that we've worked uh, really hard on for a couple years and just got to the point now where we're shipping uh, draft. And it, uh, in this, in our... Uh, Footprint today with Long Beverage, it's now available for purchase. Uh, it's called the Hemperer. Mm. It is a hemp IPA. Um, it is brewed with hemp, and it smells- Which is a relative of hops. Yes, and cannabis. But that's the <laughs> well, yes. negative- We that's know That's the that. negative part, but- Well, that's, I mean, it's originally brewed in Colorado, so- Sure. Yeah, we Makes can't sense. legally brew it here, so. <laughs> but we can legally sell it in, I believe, all 50 states at this point. So, um, it's with a, prescription, right? Maybe in Kansas. Maybe I know that's a tough state. But so, um, talk about a good concert beer, then, huh? Yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> it's a good masking agent. We're, we're gonna have a. We're, we're taking part at the 420 party at the Poor House next month. Nice. So cool. it's already gonna smell like this when you walk in. But <laughs> this is this will actually make the place smell better. So um, I'm gonna come over beside you, Adam. Bad radio time, so I can. That's all right. Well, Alec and I will. Uh, actually, why don't you come over here between? Um, Twixt you. Yeah. Why are you even wearing headphones, Chris? Yeah, I like to feel cool. It's legit. Uh, no, I put you, you in pretty the z- legit. No, I put you in the zone. That's the way I feel about it. It makes you don't, my ears You don't hot. really need it. But for me, who you know wears them every single day, it just feels like something I need to do. Well, All right. And, and I do a podcast as well that you guys know about. So You do a podcast as well. You do a Panthers podcast. And um, I'm just used to wearing headphones. It's just, like I said, the zone. I'm with you in the zone. All right. So come down here by this uh, lovely glass, guys. And... Yeah, that is that is a pungent aroma. Yeah. Uh, wow, that's incredible. Uh, skunky, dank. Yes. Everything and you want with it. I'm. I'm. I feel like I'm. I'm a little acting way too excited about this because I don't even. <laughs> I don't even get down like that anymore. I'm just mostly like. Yeah, I mean, we're not I'm judging just, if you do. No, I, I don't. I really don't. But I'm amazed at the the aroma of it for real. Yeah, the the nose on it is exactly oh yeah what you want. It's really skunky. What you Not want a beer hip IPA to smell like? Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, you got to describe it right. And skunky Ooh. is absolutely it is dead on skunky. Well, yes, but it's 
the dank skunky. Yeah. yeah. Not the it's been sitting no, right. not in the sunlight not light for two months. No, right. no not like yeah. it's 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 warmed up and recooled and warmed up and recooled right. again. That's not what you're talking and, about. And the the aroma is Wow, that is Man, it's, it's insane. And, oh, but um, my question to you is going to be because you said it depends on you have to you have to describe it correctly, right? Right. It is tasty so though. What what is the the consternation, if any, over you know the perception of this? You know what I'm saying? Because I feel like it's been mixed. Because you, you're going to have to say the right things the right ways. Sure. In the right places. We have a whole people. list of words we're not allowed to say. All yeah. the words I used to describe when we were off air. <laughs> yeah. But, we're, yeah, there's certain words that we can't use with this. Um, there's assumptions that we can't make. There's innuendo that we can't lay out there just right. because it is such a fine line. And, and North Carolina is – they're getting a little more laid back with hemp. I mean, we have hemp pharmacies now. I know there's one in Wilmington that does pretty well. I was there Tuesday. And um, – <laughs> Well, I was giving them beer. Yeah, it's, right. Yeah, of um, course. I had a prescription for my glaucoma. You don't need one. <laughs> um, but it's the the stigma of it is going away. You know, uh, just this week, uh, Mitch McConnell introduced legislation to take it off uh, the criminalized list of substances. You know, the first American flag was made on hemp. <laughs> you know, this was a you know a staple of the industrial world until right, we, don't, the, we don't need the Woody Harrelson rundown. No, I like it. Keep going. <laughs> yeah, man. Come on. It's flowing. Yeah. Um, it was a staple of the industrial world until the mid-1930s, I believe. And so there, there are a lot so of basically great- it caused the Great Depression. Is that what you're saying? Uh, that's hot. That's okay. a little hot for a little me. Too much. It's a little hot. You know, I like it hot, <laughs> but that's hot. Um, I think that this is it's a good thing. You know, it's 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 relaxing the, the laws, and there's so many benefits to uh, hemp both- as a as a fiber and as a medicine and you know i wonder if it will speaking i mean speaking of relaxing the laws if it will sort of soften the perception around it through beer right so like i think it'll take time because you know this is a purple state this is a purple state Mm -hmm. to the max and i think that if you know to jump off onto another thing about maybe legalizing marijuana i think that that'd be a 50 50 split on the vote i think it'd be really close but I still think it'd have a shot to pass, and this is the kind of thing that I think is going to ease people into it. Right, that it's not. That's, that's what I'm lettuce, saying. Is my my point know? really is that the more normal stuff we continue right. to incorporate it with, and the more normal it becomes sure. to people. It's just that, like in Colorado, you right. know, when they legalized rec, it looked weird for a while. You right. know, I remember going to those stores and I felt like I was doing something wrong. You know, now not so much. I just walk in, walk out. So how unique is this in terms of people um, who are brewing beer? As far as we know, we're the only one actually brewing right now with hemp in it. There's brewers who have used hemp seed before, mm-hmm. and that's sort of, sort of a cop-out. It's just saying you have it because, right. I mean, it's not a true malt necessarily, but you're putting it in there so you can say it's in there. It's an adjunct ingredient. We're using this as you know part of the fermentable. Right. Um, one great thing, and I'm going to get on the sustainability soapbox here for a second, is the uh, hemp needs one third of the amount of water that barley and wheat and other grain need to to thrive. And we're talking about you know hundreds and thousands of acres of farmland where you just need a fraction of the water. That's good for everybody. Right. You know, but but beyond that, um, as far as we know, nobody else is doing it. We we. There was talk that Lagunitas actually did one that had THC in it, and I don't think well, it lasted. That, that wouldn't shock me. But I think they were just doing it in California, and it was on the market for two or three days. And I, I may be wrong on the actual time period. I didn't Google it or anything. Um, just, you know, water cooler talk. But it didn't last on the market very long because it was obviously illegal. Hmm. Now, word came out yesterday that Keith Villa, who uh, started Blue Moon, is he's he retired from Blue Moon late last year and he is uh starting his own cannabis beverage company. So he said he's going to make a beer that has THC in it that will get you high. Problem is he made a statement saying, you know, beer people don't care about such and such being in the beer as long as it has the weed in it. So it's going to be brewed as a true malted alcohol beverage, but then they're going to remove all the alcohol from it because hmm. legally you can't mix two substances like that. So be like eating a brownie just drinking a beer right. to get to get the to get the high right but um i think that defeats the purpose of it right if you're pulling the alcohol out of it yes you know 
I, I don't get it. I think it'll be big in Colorado because it, it's it's huge, and they won't be able to sell it probably anywhere but Colorado off the bat. But um, yeah, as far as we know, not a lot of people not a lot of people on it. So so explain the difference, um, hemp seeds versus what you guys do though. So we're using the actual fiber from the plant itself. So it, it has a tiny bit of sugar in there, so that's out that's fermenting out. So that's part of the process on it. Versus seed, you're kind of just throwing it in there to say you're throwing hemp in there. You know? Yeah, well, I remember I'm I'm from Maryland. I'm from Frederick, Maryland area, and the Frederick Brewing Company had hemp and ale. Right, like back when I was in high school, and and still Humboldt still has their hemp brown out. Yeah, and they they were they used seeds. Right, so that's why I just wanted to it's make sure loose, I knew it's the a loose connection for novelty purposes, if you ask me. Yeah, and and I mean for hemp and ale, like it it's basically what would pretty much wipe them out because right. all the legal fees. With the FDA and stuff to get it approved, just sure. just to get it approved. And was, I know this was, was a mess. this was a pretty tough journey for us as well from from a legal standpoint because you know no two states are the same when it comes to right. their laws and well alcohol laws alone. Yeah, being in distributed Ugh. in fifty states now since last year, <laughs> you got to make sure everybody can play. It's quite you know, you don't want to do something, put it in the market, then get slapped with you know right. a lawsuit from a state because. You didn't read the fine print. So this was something that was just painstaking, meticulous work to make sure we're doing it right. In terms of the process of incorporating the flavor in there, is it? Is, how is that done? Is so that's the secret. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I know it's a proprietary pro- uh, process, and normally New, New Belgium, we're pretty good about sharing information. I'm assuming it's dry hopped. I, I truthfully- I mean, just with the, the smell- Alone, and I, mean, I think why, why would you? That's what I would agree with, especially if you did it at the right temperature, where you're not going to pull any of those volatile acids or right. cycle. I mean, I know it might else. have some sugar in it, and if it's fermentable, that's that's great and all. But I, I, I truthfully don't okay. know. I wish I had more on I, it. Just, all just I know is it smells the, great. The potency of <laughs> yeah. of that nose. I just I just feel like it's dry hop just with with the hops, and so you just throw them in a bag because and it's drop all them in. about the aroma. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, it doesn't taste anything like it smells. No, no. and and that Tastes was delicious. That was the the big thing when I was tasting this out at the trade show as well. I was popping bottles, very dry, cotton and people mouth, yeah. were just like, you know, whoa, <laughs> like, am I about to drink bong water? Go oh, eat cotton <laughs> mouth. I got it. Go eat another potato. You want some <laughs> peanut butter? Yeah. Really funny out there. Stephanie, still. go get me more I got potatoes. some funyuns in the car. <laughs> um, I love how you're calling it an HPA too. Yeah, and so that doesn't stand for hint pale ale. Oh, okay. That's funny a, that's enough. What I thought it was. We can't. We we there's again that's one of those legal things where we're not calling it that but you as the consumer you can make that assumption. Ah. What does it stand for? It stands for whatever you want it to stand for. Oh, it's just ah. HPA. Yep. It stands for whatever. Really? You want it wow. To stand. Even you though it's an IPA. That's interesting it's marketing. A, it's too. a hemp IPA. Um, what's the ABV on this thing? Seven percent, which it also doesn't oh, drink man. like. And what's the name of it? The brand line is going to be the called Hemperer. the Hemperer. Wait, so as a brand line, so you're going to do like Voodoo Ranger? You're going to do like a session and regular and imperial or i think that's the plan based on the understanding i have of it so, there so this might is be, going to be a permanent deal this could be yeah this isn't going anywhere um we've got like i said we've got draft now package oh, coming next or, i'm sorry up. in may but um yeah i think the intention is to do some variations of this but this being the flagship of the family and it's going to be a year round yep. too so getting back to some other year rounds and and we've talked i mean you're 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 probably the most regular I use that word Aww. kind of in quotes, Recurring but guest. regular guest that we have, um, just because you're so versatile, Chris. I try. But <laughs> with New Belgium specifically, what you guys have going on, you guys just did a a big time rebrand last year, yeah. right? Or refresh, whatever, with, whatever we're calling voodoo, it. Yeah. With with voodoo, with citradelic, and renovation, renovation. There you yeah. go. So so you went with series, right? You got the fat tire series, you have the voodoo series, and you've got the the um, the citradelic series, right. and and then your your other other. Thing. So, and this is going to be a new series. It's what it, that's the plan, you know. And is the plan to do all IPA based stuff? I'm not sure. I, I would think no, uh, just because I think this is going to appeal to people who might not be an IPA fan. And if you could figure out a way to get that aroma and some of that flavor into a pilsner, I mean, why would it would you? work for a pilsner, yeah. especially an American hopped pilsner? Sure, it would make so, perfect sense. Yeah, I, I don't think it's going to be all IPAs. I could be wrong. You know, we're it just makes the most sense for IPAs, though. We're yeah, I mean, IPAs are such a huge part of the market. Um, could I see it going full voodoo style? And here's Imperial HPA. Here's yeah. you know, Paleo. Here's Dry Hop Lager. I don't, 
I don't know. It's it's just tough to say. I mean, we're literally today for me this feels like day one of this. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. we knew there was you know talk around the water cooler of this for a while. But it, it happened pretty quick. I think we found out about it a little over a month ago that, like, it's game on. Like, it's it's coming. It's going to be awesome. And it's going to be here in North Carolina? It's here now. Draft okay. draft start shipping today from, from our fine distributors. So let's talk about some of your other things uh, that you have. Just because um, my, my buddy Ryan Self, who works for Old Mech, uh, he'll randomly post these like questions. Like, I'm taking a poll. Like if he And he posted last week or the week before. He's like, if you could drink... One brewery's beer for the rest of your life, and it's always fresh, always cold, always ready to go, but it has to be, and it doesn't have to be the same beer, but one brewery's beer, who would it be? And immediately, I'm thinking of the big guys. I'm thinking of New Belgium. You know, I'm thinking oh, of thinking of like Sam time. Adams. I'm just thinking of yeah. these guys who have such a variety, but right. especially you guys because of all the stuff you do. And with that being said, I was in State of Beer earlier this week, uh, dropping some cans off, and- I saw uh, your. You've got um, Oscar and Felix mm-hmm. bottles. Yep. Out now. When did that even start? Uh, so part of the evolution of our brand families, uh, the Wood Cellar Reserve came along with that, and they're they're great looking logo. I mean, it's yeah, just a really and classy three seventy fives. All pretty pretty damn small batches. Yeah. Uh, I want to say for for my territory. I mean, I think we got less than. 20 total cases you know it wasn't a lot um but those started late last year you know we did the law for grand royale you brought me one right uh before Mm -hmm. and we we broke it open at the brewer's dinner you you were not there because you're a panthers guy san francisco was well (laughs) san jose sorry i was in san jose that (laughs) but anyway i haven't seen one of those bottles that looks like that since then so yeah it it honestly stuck out to me it's at state of beer uh right there on the counter yep very sharp looking but oscar and felix just for those who don't know those are our two base sours um one is a light base which goes into like Le Trois, and then a dark base which goes into your La Feliz, your Trans Creeks of the world. So yeah. yeah. That's our base sour. Uh but then we age them in Leopold Brothers barrels. So Yeah. So if you see those, I would Get highly them. recommend Snatch them those up. out. There are not very many of them. Yeah. So especially those those sour lovers out there. I mean, that is a true to style. Those are true sours. Yep. It doesn't get much better than that. Yeah, they're really delicious. And then sort of along those same lines. Uh, because you're introducing the new beers, what else you know can people be ready for for the new season? Because we are so, changing sort of out of winter beers and into spring and summer beers. Yeah, one of the other big changes, and I, I wish it was here so I could share it with you. But our seasonal line sort of sort of died last year. You know, we put it out to pasture. Seasonals as a whole within the the beer market, uh, they're down. Everybody's seasonals are down for the most part. And it's just, you know, for so long people wanted, they wanted that comfort of knowing, well, when the fall comes back, I'll have this beer again. Mm-hmm. You know, Sam Adams' bread and butter for years has been Oktoberfest. Uh, and there was a, the, an exclusivity factor sure. to those types you, of things. You knew, like for me, like my one of my favorite seasonals is um, Celebration mm-hmm. from Sierra. Mm-hmm. That's their their fresh sure. hop pale ale. It's so good. And that's, when I see that, it's like, okay, start time to start getting cool outside, you know? But for us- And it, it creates a, you know- uh, excitement about it sure people people get jacked up about it people you know i think the days for the most part of people waiting in line but that's the thing when you see a stack of that at the grocery store it's going to move pretty quick the first couple days Mm because people people are jacked on that stuff you know accumulation for us was probably our most successful uh seasonal while while i've been at new belgium for four years now but um but but we sort of evolved it if you will um with what I got here for you today with this stuff, you know, one's fruited and one's hemp. So it's pushing the envelope on stuff. Last year, we introduced a beer called Tartastic. It was a lemon ginger kettle sour. I'm not sure that a lot of people were ready for a six-pack sour like that. So we reimagined that or renovated it and turned that into our rotating seasonal line for this year. So the first Tartastic's out now, but it will probably be gone in a, in a couple days days weeks won't last much longer uh it was a raspberry lime so we're using uh fresh fruit purees in these it's not frozen no you know nasty artificial flavors it's all real fresh fruit put in there so i would like that it's it's super super clean that one has a tiny bit of sweetness to it versus like mural in which i love because it's not sweet right but the next one is uh a strawberry lemon and i think that's gonna kill um i'm a big lemon lemon fan Uh, meyer lemons are probably my favorite flavor of anything in the world um but strawberry is a tough one in beer 
because mm-hmm. you can go way wrong with strawberry. With our strawberry, it's all on the nose. It's just big strawberry aroma. too, man. Yeah, and, and when you pair it with something like lemon that's got acid and it's going to cut it, it's a tough balance. But I think we did really well with it. So we'll have that one out in the next couple, uh, probably a week or so. Uh, that'll run through most of the summer, and then we'll run the lemon ginger, but it won't be a kettle sour. So this isn't a sour beer like it was last year with the Tartastic name. Uh, then for the winter, we're still not sure. I'm hoping for something cranberry for the uh, for the holidays. That just makes sense. Just makes sense. So so that's kind of you know the fruit aspect is is still really big. And even when you look at the IPA market, you know a couple years ago it was how much different fruit can you jam into an IPA? Now it's all about your hops being fruity on their own. Mm-hmm. So people are still yeah. want that. They still want that fruit in there, just not overdone. So yeah. it's kind of where we're we're pointing our compass this year, if you will. So gotcha. in terms of the seasonals and stuff, the, the seasonals, and even like I said, with some of the year-round stuff, like mural, it might be year-round if we you I mean, know, do it, well enough with it. Is there a part of it too that people just really like certain beers, and it's, it gets to the point where it's like, why don't we just sell it to them all the time if they're if they're going to drink know, it anyways? That that's certainly part of it, but the beer market is like an arms race. Mm-hmm. You know, when I first got in on this side of it. I was a beer buyer for a local restaurant group for a while. Um, every year there was a different fad. Well, those were yearly fads. Now it's down to like you got like three months on a fad, right? And then it's something else is new. So we're sitting here in late March. By June first, you know, people might be totally over fruit. It wouldn't surprise me, you know. And you see a lot of the breweries that are just cranking out two different beers every month, and they don't make them after that. You well, know, trophy prime example yeah. right now. That new now IPA, new IPA cans like every week, yeah. every other week. There's and their new labels stuff coming out. Kill it. Yeah, the labels are almost as good as the beer, and I mean that I with as much love as possible. Yeah, because that beer is phenomenal. But but that's what's that's the current trend right now. You know, right. I have no idea. And you know, Adam, what what's the trend going to be on June first? Who knows? God help me. I hope it's loggers. <laughs> <laughs> loggers are never going. Well, I mean, I, I just don't. I guess I just. I mean, I can understand if people drink so much of something in a short period of time where they move on for a little while longer but if it's a really good beer then it's going to have some staying power right and you're going to want to sell that for a lot longer and and we'll sell it as long as we can sell it and it's a viable brand but at the same time like this business is i hate using the term keeping up with the uh, the jones but man that's what it is like you can't be the guy who comes in three months after a trend with hey our key launch is this that'd be like somebody launching right now a nine and a half percent piney resiny west coast style ipa there's just no market for it there's and that's you know that's a beer that three or four years ago i'm ordering that every time if i'm having oysters a delicate lovely food i'll drink a nine and a half hundred ibu ipa with it right because that's damn good beer and it's still damn good beer still good beer it's just not not what what the market masses want yeah exactly and that's what you've got to play to you like i said you don't want to be the brand who is three months behind constantly yeah you want to be setting the trends and not following the trends and you know i'm not saying that we're setting trends but we're we're doing our best to you know cut our own path if you will well a couple things before we get out of here speaking of trends we're going to transition off of New Belgium for a minute. But speaking of trends, our friends at Green Flash yeah. this week announced that, on Monday to be exact, announced that they are shuttering, like immediately shuttering their, the their brand new, what, less than 18-month-old brewery? Yeah, I was definitely going to say less than two. I think so it was yeah. December of 16 that thing opened right. in Virginia Beach. Um they got rid of all East Coast distribution. Yep. What are the eight states we said? Yeah, well, yeah. they had cut like 32 states back at the first in, of the in year. In January, yep. They laid off 10 or 12% of their workforce. Yeah, so they pulled they're, out they're only in like a dozen, 11 states now, right. I think it is, including Nebraska, which we, you and I talked about earlier. Yeah. They're building a brew pub out there. Which to me, if if you you have to shutter an operation, I don't and I don't know their books. I don't pretend to. I know there was some capital right. investment with what happened this week, and maybe that's part of that. Yeah. Um, but I mean, obviously, anytime you see somebody in this business go south, especially somebody who makes such phenomenal beer, you know, yeah, Green Flash and Al- Alpine both just right, fantastic West Coast IPA for me, like the Green Flash West Coast IPA. That was man, that was one of my first like. Yes, like yeah. this is what this is supposed to taste like, and I remember buying that five years ago when that was a two hundred fifty dollar keg, and nobody had two hundred fifty dollar kegs back then, you know. But we'd put it on and we'd sell it for six bucks a pint and blow through it, you know. Now, if you put that on, if you could get it, 
it would it would sit stagnant, you know? Mm-hmm. And and that's I, I don't want to like victim shame here, but they were sort of they hitched their wagon to that idea, you know, of big, robust, over the top IPAs. And that's just not where the market is anymore. Mm-hmm. You know? There's just no demand for that. Yeah. I mean and that's part it's a of shame. It's a shame to it see is. it happen, but but it's not it's not like shocking. It, it, I was pretty it shocked. Was, it was a, especially it was a after surprise. the January moves. Yeah, the January move. I was thinking, okay, that's that's some retraction. That makes yeah. sense. But a brand new brewery. I mean, how many millions of dollars are wrapped up? They in had that? twenty million in in that brewery. Twenty million dollars in that brewery, and it's going to go at a bankruptcy auction or something. You know, that's crazy. It, I wanted to ask you this. I guess it's sort of related about keeping up with the Joneses, staying afloat, those types of things. How much of the industry? is dictated like you work for one of the bigger craft brew brands there is how much of it do you guys set the tone for in terms of what's hot and what's not and how much of it are you guys acquiescing to what the small uh craft breweries are doing see i think you know I think it goes the other way around. I think it starts with the smaller guys who have that ability to be nimble and they can they can create something and if the test batch is good they're going to put it on tap and that's what's going to set the trends and they're going to go outward. Now, doing something like this hemp IPA, obviously not a lot of people are doing that and I think as uh, states legalize it, I think you're going to see more and more of this kind of stuff on the market. So, um I don't know if that quite answers it the right way. I mean, yeah. there's certainly things that we've done that people have copied, you know, and there are certainly things that other people have done that we've. I mean, we've got a Juicy Haze Voodoo Ranger on the market right Which now. Which is delicious. It's a New England style IPA. You know, that was that was sort of the big thing, and I, I think we got in certainly before it popped on that because that one I think is going to have some staying power. Is where session IPAs and double IPAs, you know, and all that stuff just didn't they didn't last. I think this one's going to last because it's sort of a happy medium all of them. Like people didn't like doubles because well, if it's 10%, I can only drink one of them with my meal. Bars and restaurants didn't like selling them because nobody's drinking two of them, mm-hmm. you know? Right. Then you got to the sessions. Well, I don't want to drink 13 4% beers right to to get my party on, you know? I want to drink 3. And that's I think 7 I think 7% personally is pretty sessionable at this point in the game. And I think that that's where <laughs> I think that's one where, of us. <laughs> yeah. well, but again, we're on this side. Yeah, and I, I think I think the average craft beer consumer is not it's that sweet spot. Yes, yeah, I think it's the higher 7%? end of the sweet spot, but I think that's 6 6 to 7 and a half is kind of your Yeah. That with with juicy robust hops with low bitterness because again, bitterness like alcohol too much and you you don't want to drink anymore right. so i think that this is i think this is the sweet spot on stuff you know i think this is where i'm not saying this is going to stop evolving because i certainly don't mean that but i think out of all the trends that we've seen from the grapefruits and the pineapples and the watermelon ipas and all that stuff you know we were on that pretty early with citradelic and citradelic continues to be a strong performer for us but you see some of the ones that really set the trend on that market and you just don't see them anymore, yeah. you know. Yeah. So, well, so you're, what you're telling me is that people are gravitating back towards beer flavored beer. Well, I yes mean, it's no. that because it, we're yes, sitting here drinking but, a hemp IPA. Yeah, in a, I, right. But it's, but I think it's you're still, always going to have the next elusive trend. It's still not. I mean, I think it's. I think it's. It's. It's on the 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 end of the spectrum of innovation in terms of what you're using to brew with and some of the right. the aromas that you get out of it and that type of thing. But in terms of the overall flavor of the beer i don't think is that i just um, think there's just it's, new it's not that, that extraordinary trying right? to do every year there's always going to be that beer flavored beer market but but the new trends are always going to be cha- always going to be changing like like in anything the loudest i mean group this is super drinkable it like yeah. it's i mean it's something that a lot of people are going to like right it's super and, balanced sure. and it, i think it, it kinda... just has a funky aroma and a little bit of a of a of a, of a funkier uh flavor to it every now and again. I think this piggybacks on another part of the market, which was so big the last two years, and that's flavored malt beverages. This isn't a beer-flavored beer, but it is a beer. Mm-hmm. It's not a malt, uh, malted orange soda, you right. know, right. that's 6%. Yeah. So this is sort of something that a craft drinker can say, well, I certainly don't want to drink root beer or orange soda, or well, I mean, there's a hundred of them out there now, but this is something that I can gravitate towards. Um and, and again, I think with within any group, the loudest people are always the the smallest part of the group. And if we've got if we've got five percent of craft beer people who are freaking out, like I don't drink something twice, 
The other 95%, they find something they like or a style they like, and they're willing to go around with that. Good. Chris Allen, we're about out of time. But as always, awesome to talk to you. Chris Allen with New Belgium, Stephanie Ruggiero with Stuffed Food Truck. Uh, check them both out. Before we get out of here, we got a few events coming up. Uh, Crank Arms releasing their first cans, Rickshaw Ooh. Rye, and they are awesome looking cans. They're beautiful. Uh, Mason Jar Lager Company, we have our first cans out too now. Oh. And um, so Crank Arms releasing those uh, on Saturday, the 31st, at their, their brewery. Stop by and grab some. Uh, next Friday, the 6th at 6.30 p.m., Dogfish Head Sam Calagione will be at Rally Beer Garden. That's kind of cool. Wayne and I are going to go down there and chat with him for a little bit that afternoon. And uh, Spring Fest at Mason Jar Lager Company is that following Saturday. And St. Baldrick's at Feigning Goat this year is going to be on the 14th. Oh, interesting, because that's where my St. Baldrick's... That's where your journey began. That's where my journey began. Yeah. Yes, it did, at, fe- at Feigning Goat, when everyone thought it would be really cool to <laughs> see you what happened if my hair Alec. grew, grew out. Alec, thanks for hosting. Thanks for stepping in for Joe. You got it, man. Uh, we're going to be live on location on Tuesday night, uh, the 3rd, at Glass Jug Beer Lab. We hope to see you there. Till then, cheers. Cheers. cheers guys. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.